You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 40, Dr. Philip Agrios on life's one law and how to discover your sabotaging trait. When it's dinner time, I got something you should try. It's crunchy, green, and yummy, and it's about to blow your mind. It's low on calories, and it looks like many trees when you're having dinner with me. Broccoli. Dr. Yami Kazorla Lancaster, board certified pediatrician, certified food for life cooking and nutrition instructor, certified well coach, and passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant based nutrition, habit formation, behavior change, and motivation so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you keep coming back as a regular listener. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am so excited that this is episode number 40. I feel like that's a big milestone, and I have been working week after week to get these podcast episodes out. And it's been so fun. It's actually been one of the most fun things that I do. I have loved the opportunity and the privilege of getting to know such amazing guests and learn all kinds of cool things and ask them all kinds of interesting questions. And it's really, really been a pleasure for me. However, my plate is full. I have every single burner on the stove running on high. I am trying to write my book, get that done so that I can get it published and get it out to everybody, working on the Blue Zones project here in Yakima, and that's heating up. I am also launching a new program, an intensive 16-week program for wellness and weight loss in women. It's called the Warrior Woman Plan, Warrior Woman Wellness. And if that's something that you're interested in, please sign up for one of my newsletters. You can sign up either at VeggieFitKids.com or NourishYakima.com or find me on Facebook at VeggieFitKids. There's also a Facebook group. It's a closed Facebook group. It's called Warrior Woman Wellness with Dr. Yami. And if you're interested in finding more about that program once it launches, We will be launching it in August to start in September. It will go through all the holidays because it's 16 weeks. So we'll be hitting start of school. uh, What is it? Halloween after that. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. So we're going to be together. It's going to be an intense, intense time to work on your goals, shed excess fat, and get yourself well. And I'm only going to take 10 women maximum because it's going to have lots of one-on-one time and daily coaching accountability. So if you're interested in that, please either find me on Facebook, on the Facebook group, or sign up for one of my newsletters so that you will find out more about that when it's ready to launch and people are ready to sign up. So guess what, guys? I went bungee jumping last week 
and it was so fun. I was so scared. At the last minute, I wanted to back out, but they didn't let me. It was a beautiful day in Whistler. It was beautiful scenery. I'm so glad I did it. It was really scary. I, I can't believe I actually jumped off the platform, but I had decided that once they started counting down, I knew that they would start counting down for me. And I decided that once they started counting down that I was just going to get ready and jump and I did that. They counted down from five to one and I just jumped off of that thing. It was crazy. I loved it. I was ready to do it again as soon as I got pulled back up, but that was intense. It was definitely intense. And I wasn't ready for the part that whenever, you know, it doesn't feel like it, it jerks you or you don't get whiplash or anything like that. It's very smooth, but I wasn't ready for like at the end when you rebound, you feel that free fall again. It's just that first bounce. After the you know first bounce, you still feel that free fall feeling, but then after that, it kind of slows down and everything calms down. And then you just get to enjoy the scenery and catch your breath again. But I, I definitely recommend that if you're gonna go bungee jumping, go to Whistler Bungee Jump. It's great, I have some amazing pictures. If you want to see them, you can look on my Facebook pages, or you can also look on my YouTube channel, Warrior Woman Project, and it'll be there as well. But what I was going to say before I got derailed is that I am going to be taking a break for a few weeks from the podcast, probably just like six to eight weeks to just catch my breath, work on some of these other projects, and then come back better and stronger than ever. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you'll continue to share the podcast, catch up on episodes you haven't been able to listen to. I'm still going to be promoting it. I just won't be putting out any new content uh, for a few weeks just to give myself a little breathing space because I do manage all of this myself. I edit the podcast myself. I do have help from an assistant that posts it and everything, but uh, I kind of a one woman show around here. But without any further ado, I want to talk about our guest for this episode. I met Dr. Agrios at a meeting that I was at and he really intrigued me with this description of this book that he has written and what he discovered. And I, I was just, I really didn't understand what he was talking about at first. I went online, I took the quiz, that gave me a little bit of insight, but during this podcast, I really was able to get out of him some meaningful, useful information that I think would help you too, and that can apply to anybody. But if you really want to know a little bit more, then I suggest that you take the quiz, you pick up his book and read it. It is a little bit different. This is not on plant-based nutrition, but it can apply to our habits and our mindset because at the end of the day, no matter what habit or behavior change you want to make, you have to understand yourself first. So I think that this can be helpful for anybody. So Dr. Philip Agrios is a sought-after personal and business advisor, Amazon best-selling author and speaker. He has over three decades experience helping patients and clients find relief from self-sabotaging traits by providing them with the antidote for switching them off. His own life and health challenges from disabling health conditions which caused him to close his practice to financial ruin prompted him to find this antidote and compelled him to teach other people the discoveries he has made. Combining this clinical viewpoint with his life experiences, he developed 
the six-step problem-solving blueprint that quickly pinpoints people's roadblocks in life and business and removes them for optimal health, wealth, and happiness. You can find him at dragrios.com. That's D-R-A-G-R-I-O-S.com. And you can take this sabotaging trait and antidote quiz to figure out what yours is if you're curious. So this, like I said, it's a little bit different than what we usually do, but I thought it would be an interesting guess, something that maybe uh, spurs your thinking, causes you to think in a different way, and that's never a bad thing. So I hope that you enjoy it. Please enjoy all the rest of the episodes that you haven't had a chance to listen to. Please continue to share them. Please, now that you're going to have a few weeks, go on review and rate my podcast on whatever platform you listen to. That's going to help my podcast grow. And I really do want to grow it after this short little break. Like I said, come back better than ever and give you really great content that will help you lead the best life that you can so you can have a long, joyful life. Thank you guys for listening. And now on to the interview. Dr. Agrios, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Yami. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, I met Dr. Agrios at a meeting last month, and I was just really intrigued by this principle that he discovered. So I would love to get to know you a little bit more and for our listeners to hear about your story and how you talk about how this difficulty in your life led you to discover something so powerful that you now teach it to others. Can you tell us a little bit about what prompted that? Well, uh, I've been in practice for 33 years and uh, my background as a chiropractor, but I was also a functional medicine practitioner where I treated uh, thyroid and autoimmune disease. And I had very high success rates with them because of what I discovered through helping them understand why they were sabotaging themselves. So my background way back when I started, I was on disability for four and a half years. I was told I would never practice again. And that led from being under some major stressful situations. Uh, I say about seven out of 10 of the most stressful things that can happen to you happen within a few years of them happening within my life. And it all led me to really understanding of why this was happening to me and how I could really take what I discovered to help others. And as I realized how it was helping my life and getting out of the hole that I put myself in, um, it allowed me to go out and really just to, to uh, ask people, does this work for you? And it started to work and it was working for everybody. And I found, really realized that I had something really special here. And this was 27 years ago that I started to discover this. And it's been this long, over two decades, almost three decades now, of really uh, formulating different uh, pathways and uh, discovering a blueprint that nature uses to overcome its storms and that we had the same power. And as more and more came to me, it enabled me to really get really high success rates with my patients. And then I left my practice a year ago to shift into the business world. And now I help business owners and executives worldwide to overcome their, their situation so they can help their employees. So it's more of a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure it wasn't easy. What, what were all of those stressful things that happened to you and what really was the thing that led you to discover this amazing, powerful principle? 
Well, one of the things, well, I won't bore you with a lot of them, but just mainly was um, I had a, um, I started with uh, a very not great marriage, uh, a lot of difficulty there. Um, I had lost a lot in some of the uh, downsizing of the, um, uh, in 2008, especially when uh, everything crashed. I lost a lot of things there. I was in financial ruin during that time. I was going through a divorce. Um, I was on disability and um, I had a thing called thoracic outlet syndrome and thoracic uh, and bilateral uh, uh, carpal tunnel, which meant that I had, uh, I had numbness and uh, weakness down both my arms and trying to practice wasn't going to happen. So I actually had to go on disability. And I, after a while, I had a multidisciplinary clinic. I had medical doctors working for me, physical therapists. I had a 3,000 square foot clinic. And with all the things that were happening to me, I just basically closed down the practice. And I was told I would never practice again. So I remember closing the 15-year-old practice at my, my door and realizing it felt like, like one of my kids had died. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting. So I, I was in a depressed state. Didn't even know I was in depression until a psychologist told me I was. And then as I was really realizing that I took all the, the uh, all those teachings from like Tony Robbins and Jim Rowe and all that, and I was trying to utilize them. And I just realized that this wasn't it wasn't holding. I would start doing them, and then I would find myself going back to the same old things, back and you know, like a sabotage thing myself. And throughout the situation, I actually discovered that there were actually six steps that nature uses. That there really are six seasons, uh, not the four that we know. And as I started really looking at this, I was able to discover that within that blueprint were really three main principles that govern the atoms to the galaxies and how they governed us was through our three traits. And these three traits created what I call our personality stress uh, sequence of how we develop and how we deal with our stresses, our happiness, our successes. And really dealing with that one of those traits was our sabotaging trait. And that's what came to me over and over again through my heartaches and all my stuff, which I have no regret now. I, I'm glad that all happened to me because I found a gift with it and I was able to utilize it to help thousands of other people. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me more about this sabotaging trait. What is it and how does one discover it? Um, one of the things you can discover it is you can actually go on the website. I actually created a, uh, a nine question quiz. It's very simple. It'll take you under a minute to do, and it'll actually tell you the trait that you have that has caused all your sabotaging, uh, situations throughout your entire life and how it will determine, uh, the stresses that are coming to you and all the resistance that you have is from that sabotaging trait. And then there's an antidote that I discovered, which is the exact opposite to that trait. And when you use the antidote, it's an actual impossibility to go down the road of stress, but only the road of inspiration. So the reason why it's a sabotaging trait, uh, sabotage, I like to go down to the original meanings of words. Like a lot of times they get bastardized throughout the throughout, uh, time. And sabotage uh, was a word from uh, French, uh, Emile Peugeot. He created uh, the word sabotage back in the 1890s because it, it signified that allowed the, uh, the workers to create inefficiencies and slow down their work ethic there because it was a really good way to have um, be against the, uh, the factory workers. So the labor unions used that. 
And the reason why sabotage isn't really, <clears throat> excuse me, isn't really the undermining all the time that we think it is. It's actually essential to us. It's one of the three traits that I discovered, and it's actually essential. You can't get rid of it because it brings conflict into our lives. It allows us to have those uh, problems and, and challenges in order for us to evolve and grow or dissolve through fear. It's our choice. And by understanding that this is for us to go past these events, because think about it. If you were, everything in your life went well. I mean, no matter what you touch, it was golden. You would be telling me how bored you were. Life would really not really matter because it would be boring. And that's why take the villain out of the movie, take the uh, defensive end off the field, and now you just have the offensive uh, offense on the field. How long, would be, how long would you be watching the movie or watching that game? You wouldn't. And that's what life's all about. You know, if you really think that life, we're here for the challenge. We're not here for everything to go well. And if you really look at that, if you think that life should go well for you all the time, that's probably why you're miserable because you're being disappointed every time. Mm -hmm. But there's always a gift with every challenge. Trust me, every challenge that I've gone through was a gift to be where I'm at and have, and have the honor of, of talking with you because I've been there and I'm able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So everybody has at least one sabotaging trait. Can you have more than one? No, it's mainly one. So the three traits are basically what I call the dominant trait, the mediator trait, and the sabotaging trait. The dominant trait is your go-to trait. This is what you do when you're under stress, right? It's like, oh, I know, even though this is not gonna work, it's just gonna work because it feels comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. So as you're doing that dominant trait, that's what makes you feel comfortable. It's like using your right hand if you're right hand dominant. Now, if you hurt your right hand and you can't really write too well, it's very painful, are you gonna write with your left? Not really. You'll still write that right hand, even though it's painful because it's actually more comfortable than trying to use your left hand. Mm -hmm. And that's the dominant trait. The meteor trait is just the bridge between the dominant trait and the sabotaging trait. And the sabotaging trait is what brings things into our lives for us to really look at um, and gives us the ability to, against grow. So by you actually utilizing the antidote to the sabotaging trait, it actually balances out your dominant trait so it doesn't have to work so hard. So if you look at a, a, a seesaw, right, the, the, the child who's up top, right, would be your dominant trait and the one who's sitting on the bottom is your sabotaging trait. Now, let's say you, you've seen patients with anxiety, right? So how do we treat anxiety? Would we just tell the person to scream at them and, and push them down and say, will you shut up, stop it, relax, just relax? You know, or would you try to get the brain chemistry, the excitatory brain chemistry out of the brain, which is impossible? No. What do you do? You give them therapy. You may give them uh, a medication or a supplement to what? Bring them up to more calmness so that the anxiety drops. So that's the same thing. That's how I realized that by working on the sabotaging trait, the boy who's on by the ground comes up a little bit more and therefore now it creates this nice balanced seesaw while working on the sabotaging trait and giving the dominant trait a break. Because mm -hmm. we're very good at the dominant trait, but we're not so good or don't even know the sabotaging trait is even there. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, definitely. So how many different sabotaging traits are there? And can you give me an example of one and what the antidote might be? 
So one of the traits is um, there's only there's only three that I discovered, and the reason why there are three because of the three base principles that that I found that run the universe. So one of them is what I call the supplier saboteur. Okay, it's the one that sabotages us in relationship to our value. Now there are people out there that overly give; they give too much. They they can't say no. Right. Um, a lot of this is where they feel guilty that maybe from their parents or their grandmother or whomever said that you always have to give and never receive because it's all about everybody else. They'd rather other people hurt than themselves as a basis. So that deals with them understanding that. And what their antidote would be is to value themselves, to be okay to bring. Uh, things in for them to replenish themselves and it's okay and they have a really hard time with that because it's a base fear or a base uh, aspect of who they are and once they understand that they can start working and use, utilizing that value something just magically happens they start feeling more a lot more uh, confident they feel that wow I can go out and talk more maybe they they're ones that uh, overly talk to people and they can pull back a little bit, or maybe people who are very domineering and controlling, they can pull back because their insecurity is not there. Now what happens with sometimes with these people is that they got hurt so much, they go to the other extreme. And now they're the narcissist. There are people that value themselves more than anybody else because they're really protecting themselves. All right. Mm -hmm. So you got to realize that there's only two things that we do. We protect and we grow. That's all we do. If you and I got into an argument, we got in an argument because I'm protecting myself from you and vice versa. Mm -hmm. so, so with that person, by them understanding, by them valuing themselves, they can now become more balanced in between instead of going to the extreme. And those who were the narcissists, that they start valuing other people, then they can start coming back and becoming a little more balanced. So it's a value of themselves and as well as other people. And that's the key in that area. And it's very simple. You know, when I first discovered this on my living room floor, I looked to my left and I realized with my sabotaging training, I went, wait a minute, all those things that ever happened to me could have been avoided. Some of them could be avoided if I used the antidote and the others couldn't have been avoided. But if I used the antidote, I would have a much favorable outcome. And then I looked to my right, which was my future. And I went, you know what? Every time I'm stressed or feeling resistance or something or any feel uncomfortable, then it's from my sabotaging trait telling me that um, there's a protection that I'm going through. Mm -hmm. And when I used my antidote, I was able to balance it out. And I said, this can't be this simple. And then that's when I went out and started testing this on everybody to see if this is really what it's worth. And then really started dealing with it. And yes, it's simple. I didn't say it was easy. I said it was simple. And then as we go through, Further, deeper, there's much more in depth with the blueprint and everything else. But it's at least a start for somebody can at least use immediately if they were that type of situation. Mm -hmm. So basically, once you find your sabotaging trait, the antidote is almost like doing the opposite, but to be more conscious and to start practicing that principle of doing the opposite thing of what you're used to doing. Does that seem right? Exactly. I call that, I call it the behavioral domino effect. Mm -hmm. Remember the, 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 the people who set up all the dominoes, right? And they push the one domino. Now we go through and we're looking at all of the dominoes falling. And then at the end, the balloons and, you know, the fireworks, whatever they have as the climax, right? What do we focus on? We focus on the one domino or the balloons. 
We focus on the balloons. See, the one domino is your sabotaging trait. And when you do that, it creates a domino effect immediately, and now you're stressed out. That's the balloons. So what do you do? Use your coping methods. You eat, you drink, you pray, you exercise, you whatever, meditate. All on what? The last domino, not the first domino. Mm -hmm. So the antidote is the exact opposite to the sabotaging trait. So when you use the antidote, you flip it over it. So it's an impossibility to go down the road of desperation, only the road of inspiration. And that's why it works 100% of the time. And when I tell people it works 100% of the time, of course, what's the first thing you do? Run, right? Get away from this guy. There's no way anything works 100% of the time. And that's why I call it a law. And that's why I'm waiting for, you know, to, to get uh, scientists, this goes into math and physics a lot more deeper. But to really prove this, that I went out to try to disprove this. I didn't go out to prove it. I tried to disprove it and I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it sounds pretty incredible. Okay. So you're, one of them is the supplier trait, which means that you're overly giving, you don't leave anything for yourself. Maybe you have this sense of unworthiness. So the antidote is to practice a sense of worthiness and giving to yourself. What are the other two sabotaging traits? The other one is the communicator saboteur. This is the person that doesn't really talk as much. They listen. They're very loyal people. They'll sit back and not really express themselves as much as they should. Okay. They'll sit back, listen. Um, they will collect all this and analyze the heck out of a lot of people. They'll, they'll, they'll break it down into compart they'll compartmentalize a lot of things. They can't let go of the things. Sometimes they just ha hold on and maybe two days later they tell you about something they're upset about and you let this go two days ago, but they're still holding and festering it. Now on the other extreme, they can now become so frustrated that now they just blur out and start yelling or screaming and, and then they pull back because, oh, they felt that that was uncomfortable because they feel embarrassed or they may feel they don't want to feel stupid. So they hold their their emotions in by not expressing themselves. So the antidote would be to express yourself and to connect and disconnect from yourself and others. So with somebody who is not talking, they would be able to start talking a little bit more and expressing themselves, things will start shifting. I had just had a client, a uh, business person, who now started to express herself. She was um, in, in a career for 10 years. No one promoted her. And her by her actually talking and expressing and not worry about feeling stupid and doing whatever, she actually got promoted for the first time because they were like, oh, wow, you really do know what you're saying. And it works that quickly and I've seen it and it took about three or four months for her to get to her promotion. Uh, they were on a verge of doing that. They didn't know what to do with her or not because she was there for 10 years. But as she started to express and then she actually went out and did a lecture in front of a hundred people, which she said she would never have done. And that enabled her to connect to so many other more uh, other people that gave her the confidence to help her to continue to express. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice little circle. Wow. That sounds pretty incredible. So what's the third trait? The third one is your director saboteur. The director saboteur is the guy, person who is scattered all over the place. They'll start one project, get 90% done, they'll stop and go to another one, and then go to another one. They have a lot of chaos. Chaos actually stimulates their brain. Usually they have a dopamine or a serotonin uh, 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 deficiency and they're always not able to focus as much they're scattered they have no plan they like to wing it they don't like authority don't tell them what to do because they'll do the exact opposite so what they need to do is to become aware and follow through 
They need to become aware of what's happening to them. They, their brain has to start thinking that this is what they need to start doing and then actually take the steps to follow through. And one of the reasons why they don't follow through is because they're bored. Okay. And if they understand now, I'm a director saboteur. Okay. I've, when I sat down, down and I looked to my left, it was because I was scattered. I wasn't focused. I would do one thing. I had a thousand things at one time. Life was chaotic for me. And it was because I realized it stimulated my brain. Mm-hmm. And when I started taking dopamine and, and serotonin for myself to get the actual neurotransmitters to connect to my brain, I actually would have to now become, say myself, I have to start doing this. I have to follow through. And the reason why, one of was because I was bored. I didn't like doing this, but I forced myself to do it. And as soon as I got that project done, guess what I did? Whew. Wow. It felt good. I felt more confident. Therefore, it gave me more uh, energy to, to take care of another one. So what's really cool is that a lot of times the reason why marriages and partnerships and things don't work is because people are judging the other person based on their strength instead of their weakness. For instance, let's say you and I are, are uh, together, we're married, okay? And I may demean you because you are, let's say, reserved. You don't talk, Okay. And I'm like, all you got to do is just talk. What's wrong with you? Just talk to me. Because on what? I'm a great, my dominant is communicated. It's easy for me, let's say. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other way you look at me being scattered and go, can you just get organized? This is just ridiculous. You're over here. You do this. Now we can really judge each other. And the reason why we can't judge each other is because we have our own sabotaging traits, Mm -hmm. but it's easier to focus on somebody else's weaknesses than focus on our own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I can see how that can create a lot of conflict when people have different dominant and sabotaging traits. And that's super interesting to think about it that way. Well, you had also written that a person's tr- sabotaging trait can be related to autoimmune disease. Can you explain that a little bit more? An autoimmune condition, as you know, a physical and or emotional trauma will turn it on. Okay. And whether or not it's a divorce, whether uh, someone died, they went to, got into a car accident and all that. And when someone would come to me and they had 15 different symptoms and I can go back and go, when did this all start? And the majority of times it will go, well, I had a car accident from there or, you know, I had, uh, especially if they were, um, in teenager years, in the high school years, where they had some trauma, they were bullied or whatever the case may be, you could see that that particular incident turned it on. So the sabotaging trait brings on our symptoms in order for us to have that conflict, in order for us to realize that the autoimmune disease, we have two choices, right? I always tell people, look, you have it. Now what? Do you become a victim or a victor? You know, this stinks. Just say this really stinks. Okay, now what? So let's look at it, how we can take this autoimmune condition and what gift can you use from it? And majority of times, I would, we would find a benefit for the autoimmune patient in order to realize that they were going through this and they, a lot of them would turn it around, help others, or they would write a book or other things like that that would, that would give them the ability to take this autoimmune and turn it into a benefit and heal from it. Because think about it, if you're, this is one of the reasons why I had really high success rates with autoimmune conditions. 
not because I was changing their diet and I was just giving them, uh, you know, supplementation, all that, but I was helping them to understand their sabotage and trait, that they took back control of their stress. Because I don't care what you do on the physical end, if you're stressed out to, to unbelievable heights, what happens is cortisol and all the damaging hormones are going to cause destruction in the body and undo all the things that you were doing. Because how many times you've had clients or patients come in and go, you know, I've been doing this, I've been doing that, I was doing well, but it just got all worse again. This is not working for me. And never realizing it was the stresses that was the key to turn on all the things that they were taking physically to turn off. Mm -hmm. So the sabotaging trait is a key to their flare-ups. For instance, I, I write in my book about a, a client. She was, I had a, she was autoimmune. And she was doing well, but she would go home and bicker with her husband. And she realized that when she bickered with her husband, she would have flare-ups. So she brought him in. He understood his sabotage and traded antidote. He then understood hers. And now she understood why he did what he did. Mm -hmm. Great. Now what happens? Well, everybody's going to go back to their old ways if they don't come up with a plan. And the plan was for them to come up with a word. And they came up with the word coconuts. And coconuts meant that, honey, I know that you're stressed out, but you're going back to your old ways. You're, 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 you're not using your antidote. You're using a sabotage and trade. Instead of going, see, you're not doing anything Dr. Agriosa say. You don't do this. You're on it. You don't care about me. You don't. It's coconuts. And they would laugh and they would neutralize it immediately. Mm -hmm. Now, there were times when he or she didn't want to use the antidote because they felt better yelling, right? right? Everything we do, we feel better, right? So, so he would yell at her or feel frustrated. She would go, okay, I know that you're scattered because she understood he was a director saboteur. He was frustrated. He was bringing chaos in his life. She would say, you need to know, you got to become, become aware and follow through. I'm going to leave when you're ready, then you will let then come and get me. And what she did was she used her antidote, which was value herself and others by she valuing herself, didn't allow him to devalue her, which neutralized it. Mm -hmm. So she, it actually depersonalizes it for you because the person's just going through their frustrations. And unfortunately we, we take it out on the people we love. And one of the, a lot of times with uh, business owners, I asked them, I said, if you treated your loved ones the way, if you treated your client, clients the way you treated your loved ones, would you have clients? And mm -hmm. if they said no, I said, then that's something to think about. You have mm -hmm. someone who loves you, is with you, but you're okay by putting them down and demeaning them because you feel better, but you won't do anything because of the clients. Why? Because you're going to lose money, you're going to lose a client, and you're not losing your your spouse or your kids until something happens and they do leave. Mm. Oh, that's super deep. But I can see what you mean by this is very simple, but not easy because it requires a lot of thought work. It requires a lot of willingness to stop, pause, and really understand what you're doing and then try to take the opposite steps of what you're doing, which I think probably takes a lot of discipline for a lot of people. It does. And look, I even do it once in a while. <laughs> uh, when I wrote my book last year, I, um, I, was, uh, I wrote my book and I sent it out to people. And some people said, you know, yeah, I, I, well, actually one person said, you know, I don't get this. You know, I, I don't know what to do. And I said, what do you mean you don't do? There's exercises. It's clear. And I went, okay, if you have that question, other people will. So I sat down and I wrote a couple more chapters and I was near the end of the last chapter. Now, being a director saboteur, guess what I did? 
I got up and I went into the kitchen. I had an apple and I started eating the apple and I looked and I went, you know what? I got to fix that light plate. And I started going towards it. And I went, no, become aware and follow through. You're going to sit down, go back in that chair and you're finishing. And I yelled at myself <laughs> actually out loud. You're going to sit down finish that chapter because you don't, you're going to be all stressed out. And I sat down, finished the chapter and I went, the book's done. So yes, we will go back to it. But as you start feeling the stress, that's when you got to go, you know what? This is not, this is telling me that I'm not, I'm using my sabotaging trait because I'm protecting myself. I was protecting myself from going through the pain to try to finish that book. Mm -hmm. And it was easier to go over and fix the light switch. And when I realized, no, it's going to be a lot more rewarding finishing that book than that light switch. Cause I'm just using that as a number. Now that's my, that was my numbing. Other people's are drugs, cigarettes, overworking, whatever the case may be, to do whatever they need to do, not to do what they really have to do. Mm -hmm. no, actually, there's no have tos, but what they need to do in order to have that accomplishment of balance. How's yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I can see. And especially if you've had these habits and these traits for decades and decades, it really will take commitment to stop and pause and use your antidote. And I like, I like how it's called an antidote because it does sound very positive and very available, you know, like something you can just take. And it works. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, if, you know, you, if you get uh, bitten by a snake, you're not going to go, hmm, I want an herb or maybe medication that might work. You want the antidote. <laughs> you don't want to try to figure this out. And that's what I felt that I was doing. I was trying to figure all this out. And I was using all the techniques from all the big guns from Tony Robbins, Jim Rowe to, you know, Zig Ziglar, but I was using them onto my dominant trait, not my sabotaging trait and increasing my antidote. See, that's the whole thing. You'll use all the experiences, all the techniques from your psychologist to your parents, to other people, coaches, whatever, use it on the antidote to the sabotaging trait instead of trying to make your dominant trait more strong. Mm -hmm. It's not that. It's really dealing with that, that. I don't call it a weakness. I just call it that we don't really look at a partner of ours that's sitting there waiting to be utilized. It's an unutilized part of us. Mm -hmm. It's not weak. It just needs to be stimulated. Therefore, the dominant trait doesn't have, and the mediated trait don't have to work as hard. Mm -hmm. And so are those three traits, you have one in each category? It's the same three traits? Like one of them is going to be your dominant, one of them is going to be your mediator, and one's going to be your sabotaging? Or is there a whole different set of traits for dominant and mediator? No. So my, my personality sequence is... Uh, I'm a dominant supplier. I love to give. I'm very sensitive, things like that. My mediator is my communicator and my sabotage trait is the director. Mm -hmm. You could be a director, supplier, communicator. Okay. So it all depends on what of those three principles of how they are aligned will then give you who you are. Mm -hmm. Now, all different degrees. So you and I can have the exact same personality sequence but we will look and do things differently because we're doing things in different degrees. But when really looking at it, it really comes down to your sabotaging trait. Now mm -hmm. I can't prove this. I haven't done the research. Well, yeah, I haven't had the, the opportunity to do research and the backing of uh, it's going to take a lot while to do thousands of people. But my, what I've seen with my patients and my, and what I've uh, experienced 
is that this is your sabotage trait that you were born with. Mm -hmm. This is what you came here to, to look at, to, to deal with, and to challenge. So your dominant trait is why you're here on earth. So as a supplier, I'm here to supply to people. I discovered this. It's now for me to give and to, to show people and all. That gets me out of bed every morning. I say good morning, God, instead of good God, it's morning. If you're saying good God, it's morning, then you're not on purpose and you don't, you don't have your identity. So that's my supplier. But for the rest of my life, I need to be focused, be aware, follow through on my direction and all that so that my supply can be given out in a more of a balanced way. Does that make sense? Yes, that definitely makes sense now. Um, okay, thanks for clearing that up. So one of the things that you said is that being overweight might be more advantageous than being healthy for some people. Can you explain that to me? It comes down to how, what are you willing to pay the price? The reason why I've had clients, like I said, I have worldwide business owners and, and executives and they, and they will go, oh, I want to double my business. I want to double my practice. And I go, no, you don't. So what do you mean? I said, if you wanted to double your practice, you would have done that already. But it's actually more painful to have success of doubling your practice than staying where you're at. Mm -hmm. And they would look at me and go, what are you talking about? And I said, somewhere along the line, you had an influx of patients, let's say it's a, it's a doctor, that was so painful because you couldn't really give them to what you, you couldn't uh, service them through the way you really think we could have, or you got overwhelmed or whatever the case may be, that was more painful than not having enough patience. So you stay in that area or you were so busy. Now you didn't go home. Now your spouse is upset because now you're not seeing your kids or there was some larger pain there by you being successful. Same thing about overweight. As we know, as you know, a more of a esoteric thought process is overweight is protection. Okay. But in that process, it is actually more painful to continue on the road of eating well and, and thinking differently and all that than staying where they're at. Maybe they have friends that constantly sabotage, oh, come on, just one piece of cake. Oh, you can have this or whatever the case may be. And what I found was, and I would tell people when I was going through this process with my patients is that you're going to lose some good friends that are not really friends. They're really there that are, they love misery and they're keeping you in the same realm, the same vibration. And they would see that and they would, as they started to eat more healthy and didn't go out drinking with their friends, whatever the case may be, those friends started to go away. But some would change and they would support them. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you a little deep here, okay? <laughs> the reason why you have the, the situations in your life, the people events in your life, it's because they're showing you the part of you you're not dealing with. Okay? So if you have that friend who is uh, feeling miserable and feeling all this pain and, and complaining, it's the part of you that you're complaining and feeling miserable. And as soon as you start working on that part of you, which is the antidote, and start offsetting that sabotaging trait, you will start changing your vibration. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, those people two things will happen. They will change or they will leave either way. Mm -hmm. Because as you start changing and you say, this is really what I want to be, they're going to start going, what are you talking about? We remember how we used to do this and this together. Now you're going to feel guilty and you may actually stop, start sabotaging yourself, start eating again to stay in that same 
mindset, mm-hmm. same feeling, than to continue and break away from that person or people and and go down your different road. I can tell you how many people, you know, as you know, you eat well and all. I would have people, I would walk in and they'd be like, oh, I'm just having this piece of cake. Or, oh, and I'm like, that's your that's your choice <laughs> because I walked in a room doesn't mean that you got to feel guilt. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. So by you really standing strong, just saying, this is what I really want. What are you willing to pay? What price are you pay? Are you really to pay to release some of the relatives or friends that you've made along the way that kept you where you are, but be reason why you're not losing the weight and not only, and I'm not talking about there's some major condition that are, you know, but you're still, if you're not working on it, you gave up, then you're not being successful by you working on it. You're already in that successful journey because you haven't lost weight, but you decided to work on it. That's success. Not that you didn't lose a pound, but you decided that you're going to go on that journey and, and no longer, no, no matter how much longer it's going to take to do that, but you're going to do what needs to be necessary to change your life. Mm-hmm. So being aware of that and realizing that the pain of changing is bigger than the pain of staying the same and using the antidote will help people overcome that. Exactly. It helps switch it around. Mm-hmm. That's wonder, yeah. does, that, does that make sense? So you've probably yeah. seen that with your patients over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that applies to psychology too, that the pain of losing something you already have is greater than the benefit of gaining something. Often, even though, you know, if you look at them side by side, the gain would probably be better overall, but it's so painful to lose something, you know, say like a sugar addiction or whatever, you know, that might be, that might seem so painful to somebody that the benefit of having a long, joyful, healthy life doesn't seem to be enough to get them to change. So, and that's one of the things they have to realize there's nothing that you do not have. You have everything within you. And this is what I started to convey in the book was that Lysolmo is, is one. It's everything. It's, if you think of a, of a bright white light, it has all the colors in it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But if you have a prism and it goes through the prism, it separates it into all these different colors. And you can say to yourself, wow, I see all the blue. I really would love to see red. Man, I'm jealous of you. You always see red. I would really love red. And all of a sudden, I just turn your head and I go, there it is. See, what happens is, is that is the white light and the, and the colors, are they separate or are they one? Mm-hmm. They're the same. It is the prism. It is through our perception of our thoughts and our feelings that we see them as separate, not one. The mm-hmm. white light's within yourself, which means you're complete already. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you. See, we live in a dichotomous world, left, right, up, down, in, out, yin, yang. So as much as you may be going through, let's say, autumn in your life, there is spring there as well. Mm-hmm. It has to be. It's the opposite. Just as there is winter in the northern hemisphere, there's summer in the southern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. We are the earth. We are one. So the opposite is happening. So that's why people have gone through adversity had one day woke up and realized that, my God, there is a gift in this. And that's what I tell people. I wonder what gift I'm getting. Walk into the the solution instead of walking into the the problem. And it's all, they're both there. They have to. When the problem starts, the solution starts immediately. It has to. Mm -hmm. It's a dichotomous world. Very interesting. So, 
going from there, can you tell me a little bit more about the six seasons? I'm more familiar with four seasons. So can you explain how there can be six seasons? So that was the one thing I realized that I was, I remember one day I was sitting on my bed and realized I, I was losing the four seasons to think about how life worked. And one of the things that didn't fit was the six colors. We had three primary and three secondary. And I was like, there's six colors and I can't figure out how four goes into six. And I was really li- looking at three different principles. And I was like, wait a minute, there's actually six seasons. And I went through this whole process and it took me a long time. I actually had a couple switched. And when I switched them, finally, it really made sense. So I always like to start with the first one, which is summer. You think it, I want your, your, uh, your audience to think about a circle, like a clock. And let's look at 12 o'clock and let's say summer is there. The reason why I like to start with summer because that's our product. That's the end result, right? It could be the service that you're giving in your practice. It could be the relationship you're having. It could be the product you just, uh, you just created. It could be anything. That is decision-making. See, I found that each season has a particular um, uh, function, only one function per season. So season, the summer season is decision. I got to make a decision. I have this apple in front of me and I bite into it. Is it sweet? If it's sweet and, the, and it tastes great, then I just follow the seasons throughout the whole entire year again to make sure my end result is the same. If it's bitter, two things are going to happen. I can cut down the tree and go, I'm done with this, which could be your, your practice or your, your relationship. This is over. I've given this so many, so many uh, different uh, uh, situations to try to get through this. Or this is kind of bitter. I'm going to go through the seasons to find out what step happened, what happened along the way that might have caused the bitterness of my fruit. So now you make a decision that I'm going to do something. From decision, from season, you go into the next season, which is harvest. Harvest is the gathering. It's how it's the value. As I gather my fruit, I'm gathering what? The valuable parts, right? This is by you accepting yourself. This is by you replenishing yourself. So harvest is the replenish season. It's giving to you and it's okay. All right. It's okay to give to you. And that's why the the tree actually breaks down chlorophyll and stops giving to the leaf because it, it gets itself ready for winter. So that's whereby you value how you feel about this service. How do you feel about this relationship? Is it valuable for you to continue with it? And if you feel that and you replenish yourself, then you go into autumn, which is the third step. It's detachment. It's actually letting go of the people, things, and events in your life that are no longer working for you. And the reason why uh, people can't get rid of bad relationships is because they didn't replenish themselves in harvest first, which made them felt a little more full and more, more complete. Therefore, they could let go of something. But if you don't replenish yourself, you're going to feel you're going to lose something and feel even worse and empty. Therefore, they won't let it go. And that's what we just talked about the success. So let's say you replenish yourself and you are able to detach, right? Because the leaf actually, the tree actually creates a separation layer between the branch and the leaf to let it go. Now it's let go. Now we go into winter, which is planning. It's, it's, we think that winter is desolate. It really isn't. There's a lot of stuff going on in the ground. But it's quiet. We need a quiet place in order for us to go within. That's why the leaves drop in the forest so we can see within the forest. 
by you going within, whether or not tapping into your higher power, tapping into your higher consciousness, uh, tapping into your experiences of your life, by asking other people uh, different knowledge. This is your knowledge. Winter is the vision of your new summer. Mm. This is where your vision boards and other things that you're planning comes into play. So now I have a plan. Now what do I do? I go to the next season, which is relinquish, number five. Relinquish, I call it because it's the relinquishing. It's the giving season. This is when the flower opens up. And now it shows the nectar. It shows the pollen. It gives out pollen. It always, it's giving out and waiting for its pollinators to come. And this is where you need to have patience. This is your passion. And that's why things heat up in relinquish. That's why when you get passionate, you get, you get heated up, don't you? Mm-hmm. And this is where the, the ice is now starting to melt. The barrier around your plan starts to melt in order for it to be released, relinquished outward in order for the foliage to get the, the life-giving water that it has that, that was bound in, in winter. So now we opened up. These are the emails you send out. This is you showing the new you. Maybe you had a whole makeover. Maybe you, you're starting to lose weight. You've had a whole new wardrobe. You're going out and showing. Now you wait. Not like, oh, how come no one's showing me? How come no one's coming up to me? You know that. That's impatience. You've got to wait until the right pollinator comes in to know that there is a, 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 a connection between us. And that's spring. Spring is your connecting season. That's your rapport. This is where we communicate back and forth with each other. And now the pollinator comes in and fertilizes us, and now we have a joining together. That joining, now we go back into summer, which is our completion of our decision of whether or not this relationship is going to work, whether or not this client is going to, uh, is going to or this patient is going to be my, my, uh, my patient now. And once that decision of yes, then we go back into harvest and there's an exchange between your knowledge of helping that client and then paying you or or the feeling of that you're helping them and that's the cycle wow that's super interesting so whenever you talk about these seasons are you using that as a metaphor for making decisions and going about your business or is it literally the six seasons in a 12-month period it's actually the six seasons in a 12-month period However, we use it figuratively within our lives because the tree can't move. <laughs> it can't go from northern uh, hemisphere down to the southern hemisphere. It's there. It has to go through every two months the seasons. However, you can be in summer in your personal life and you can have winter in your business life and you can have five patients and each one is in a different season. So by you understanding of where you're stuck in that relationship, and that's what's great about this six season. I actually have uh, courses that are going to be uh, coming out soon in the next few weeks, is that each the six steps can solve any problem, business or personal, and I actually guarantee it. Because these are the actual six steps that you use to create a problem, to, to problem solve anything. Mm. Wow, that's super interesting. But just talking about the seasons themselves, I feel like that's right on for me as far as how I feel during those different times of my life that really hits the nail on the head for me personally. Yes, and it could too, too. Again, you could feel that, you know, mating season, right? Right. It's during those particular months and it also affects us as well. 
and then we can utilize them on more of a grand grand scale, but then we can utilize them on a much more of a, a minute scale and use it particularly for us. And you can take, you can spend two months in winter and five seconds in relinquish, and then you spend another month in spring. It does, it all depends on how you feel and how you think about it that actually manifests it. Very cool. Okay, I want to get a little bit more personal with you and ask you what motivates you to do the work that you do? Knowing of who I've helped, uh, and I've been blessed with a lot of great testimonials from people, um, it, it motivates me to knowing that this was finally, after all these years, that this is why I'm here, is to, to express to people what I discovered, how simple it is. Again, I didn't say it was easy. <laughs> uh, how simple it is to utilize and by just using it just day by day slowly you're on a journey you know as you know is that the journey never ends all right and that's why people think that well I got to get to this goal and I would I used to be very goal oriented I got to get to this goal okay great I got the goal now what happens mm-hmm. I go to another goal mm-hmm. and that's like getting on to a roller coaster and go can't wait for this to be ending I can't wait for this to end I can't wait for this to end you don't do that do you you can't wait for the beginning to experience the journey right mm-hmm. and then it ends and you go to another ride this is your life don't look at when it's going to end that particular goal. Enjoy the journey. That's where the success is really in. And this is where I'm at now. I've had many shifts in my life, different purposes. And now I'm on a long roller coaster, I hope, <laughs> of really enjoying this and on the way helping so many people shift their lives. I love that metaphor for life. I use it too, and being on a roller coaster, because we do have ups and downs, but most of the time, most of us, we get on roller coasters because it's fun, because right. it's, it's exciting to go from up to down and really fast in between. Um, but you're right. We don't get on a roller coaster for it to be done as soon as possible. We get on so that we can enjoy the ride, which is a lot of, what a lot of people say about life. Enjoy the ride. So that's, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. So tell me, what personal habit are you most proud of? How did you develop it and how do you maintain it? Um, is the director saboteur antidote. (laughs) Uh, That's what it is. It's always knowing that I have to focus on becoming aware and follow through. Now, what's also interesting is this another course I have is that once you get your sabotaging trait antidote going, then you all of a sudden will start seeing that your mediator antidote needs to be worked on Mm. because you got that one. Think about, um, the plate spinning, right? You have this, this rod and you have a plate spinning. So you're focusing on this plate and it's spinning, spinning, spinning. Now you've got it spinning, right? Now we do what? We have another one, right? So we put another one and we start focusing on that. Now, do we just focus on the second plate or we go back to the other plate and just get a little tap to keep it spinning? Mm-hmm. That's the sabotage and trade antidote you've been working on for such a long time. Now you're working on the mediator. So, but you've got to go back and make sure that the mediator antidote is continuing, that you're utilizing it, focusing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what I do, <clears throat> excuse me, is to really focus on making sure that my director saboteur is, is confident that it's doing what it does. And as soon as I feel stressed or resistance, I know that somewhere along the line, I did not control something or someone's taking control of me and I was not aware and didn't follow through on something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Well, it sounds like it's been great for your life. And so I think it sounds like it's working. So that's wonderful. So, so um, Dr. Agrios, it's been great to have you on the show. I would love for you to tell my listeners where they can connect with you, how they can purchase your book and find out about your services. Um, they can go to uh, dragrios.com. That's D-R-A-G-R-I-O-S.com. Uh, going on to the website, they can go and order the book. They order the book directly on my website and not on Amazon. They'll actually get a free gift um, for them. And then I actually have the sabotaging trait uh, and antidote quiz. They can click on it and they'll be asked whether or not they are in the business-related world or if not, then that's the personal. If you're a business, you will click on the business solutions, which will take you to your business and personal solutions. But if you don't have anything to do with business, you want to click on the personal. You will then be able to understand your sabotaging trait. There's instructions there, and there's nine questions. You click on it, and you get your sabotaging trait and antidote that you can use for the rest of your life. Great. And then definitely read Dr. Agrios's book because then you're going to get a lot more details on how you can use your antidotes to improve your life. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been a very fascinating discussion, definitely way different than what I usually talk about on this show. So I hope that the listeners enjoy this and that they will visit your website and get your book. And I hope that you have a plantastic day. Thank you so much, Dr. Yami. It was great being here and I really appreciate the opportunity. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash rocket surgeons music. Also, for more information on my work, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash veggie fit kids, or you can email me at veggie doctor, V-E-G-G-I-E-D-O-C-T-O-R at veggiefitkids.com. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and contact me if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day. We're having broccoli. We're having broccoli.